0: Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Watching the Boxes Fantasy Basketball Podcast. I am your host, Mike Catron, and joining me, as always, is Tyler Watts. What's up, Tyler?
1: Oh, Michael, how are you this fine day?
0: I, I am doing great. I um didn't do hardly any work today. I watched basketball. I ate a sandwich. It's been a good day.
1: It, how about you? That sounds like a great day. I mean, was pretty good. Mine was good, minus the sandwich. I didn't have the sandwich. What? You should probably, I mean,
0: indulge yourself with it, with a sandwich.
1: What kind of sandwich man are you? you what, what what do you go for? Like, yeah.
0: if I had to build a correct sandwich, it would just be it would be a corned beef and pastrami. With Swiss on rye, that's it. So is perfect. that just
1: is that just a Reuben? It's perfect. No, there's no sauerkraut on it. See, I can never get on board with the Reuben. Just, I mean, there's just too many different flavors all going in one direction.
0: Yeah, you know, a good Reuben, I, I like. Uh, I'm a fan of sauerkraut. It's my German heritage. Uh, must must have given me the genetics to really really love sauerkraut.
1: You know, I'm not a fan of any cold meat sandwich. This is a controversial topic between my brothers and I. I'm not, I'm not a fan of cold sandwiches. I'm with you. Like I, I got I to gotta have some warmth on there, man. Meat is supposed to be hot. I like warm food in general. Yeah, I'm with you.
0: And if you guys want to hear more about Mike and Tyler's Culinary Arts, you can subscribe to Mike and Tyler's Culinary Arts, the podcast. Coming soon to where you download podcasts.
1: Don't get me started.
0: I know we could pro- actually. People might tune into that. We might actually want to look into that.
1: But Until next home run of an idea.
0: Yeah, all all good ideas on this show. But instead tonight, um, we're going to do something a little bit different. We're going to switch it up. Uh, sometimes we just talk about the the random news of the day. Sometimes we go into a little strategy. But today we're going to look at the um, uh, just a group of players and how they're going to look for the rest of the year. So this is a good time to kind of maybe um, consider uh, where players are going, what that means to you and your team, if you own them or want to own them, and what that means for the rest of your league. And uh, we'll probably just go through a handful of players, give some insight on where we think, what they're going to do for the rest of the year, maybe if they had a hot start or a bad start, and kind of just... Um, Give me like a season long look at uh, player evaluations instead of just explaining what's going to happen during the next five days.
1: So it'll be different. It'll be nice. A little change of pace is always good.
0: Yeah. And uh, this change of pace is brought to you by draft.com, where you can right now go out and download the app draft or go to draft.com on your web browser and use the promo code boxes which will give you a free game for your when you sign up. You will get a free draft game. It's a new way to do daily fantasy where you do a snake draft before the games start every single day. And it's not just basketball. It's football, hockey. I think there might be even a a golf on there. Uh, But if you're good at fantasy basketball, I really do recommend draft.com because I've, I've actually found success there where other daily websites have taken all of my money.
1: I, I just like the ease of it, too, and, and it's a lot more like uh, a traditional league in the sense that, you know, you can only get each player on one team. Not everybody can have LeBron James, right? Only one person gets LeBron, so uh, I, I really enjoy playing. Yeah, you're not going to tie with anyone,
0: or you're not going to uh, be like, oh, I should have bought Doug McDermott tonight for no apparent reason because he had... 29 points Doug McDermott did not have 29 points tonight but you're not going to get screwed over by some you know $2000 player who had a crazy night cuz that guy is probably not going to get drafted I'm with you there go to draft.com use the promo code boxes and um, yeah get that free game and start winning some money So Tyler I will uh, I will seed the floor to you what player, I guess, that you, for the rest of the year, uh, based on what they've done so far, what, what player interests you the most out of these? Maybe like someone in the top 20, maybe?
1: So, oh, um, there's a lot of players uh, at the top here that, that we could talk about. Go through, by
0: the way, technically, we could go through every player, and I think we would have something to say about them. Oh, no doubt um,
1: about that. I have some bombshell players. I okay, came like oh, some bomb- players wow. at the end that that are not maybe even standardly relevant at the moment that I am going to give you that I think uh, as we go down the stretch here will be very valuable to your team. So that is the, that is the look forward to part of this episode. That is Um, an
0: excellent teaser to make everybody listen to the rest of this podcast.
1: But I mean, when we talk about these guys in the top 20, right? Like nobody is giving them to you for a sack of peanuts. Right? Like, if you're going to buy no. somebody in this top 20, you're going to have to pay big market dollars.
0: Never even seen a sack of
1: peanuts. Um, <laughs> so many things I could say, but I'll keep to myself. Don't do the, it. Player, the player who's currently, though, in the top 10 that I don't think many people saw, and this was a guy we we're a big fan of, and it's the guy I really want to talk to you about. It's Victor Oladipo. Uh,
0: you, you are uh, right in my wheelhouse.
1: Now old Vic, right, is playing awesome this year, and we love it.
0: Yeah, this is this is something we were definitely on, but I don't we were not on calling him a top ten player, that's for sure. We we, we were definitely saying draft him. Um but he's just over succeeding everything he's ever done.
1: Yeah, and I mean I think that he's finally the man somewhere and not only is he the man, I mean, he was sort of the man in Orlando, but it was always the coach always seemed to be holding him back in some way. Whereas I think in this new situation in Indiana, they're just like, yo, Vic, let's do it, man. You're, you're our guy. And he is rewarding them quite handsomely.
0: It's a perfect situation, right? Like you said, he's, he's the guy there. He's the main focal point, but I want to go out there and say, this was not unheard of. Right. Uh in Orlando, like you know, we always mention that last stretch in Orlando, those last few months in Orlando, Victor Oladipo was putting up top 20 numbers. He was doing it. Uh, if you and if you remember that season correctly, he went to the bench and all of a sudden at the end of the season, this guy was looking amazing. He goes to OK City. As you're seeing with the guys who w- went to OK City, the guys who left Oklahoma, um, all those guys' you know, ability to play basketball without or with Westbrook drastically changed. Westbrook is just this enigma that really changes the way everyone around him plays basketball because he does, I mean, he pounds the ball out. He is the focal point. He is a lunatic. And Victor Ladipo I think, getting out from under that that boosted his game but now he's 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 taking it to another level and actually taking a little bit of a page out of Westbrooks playbook by trying to be the man
1: so here's my question is he a buy high or a sell high in the sense that he's well outperforming even anyone's preseason value right like i i mean look around the industry nobody had this guy in the top 10 no, not, probably shooting, not even in the top 30. He's shooting a pretty insane 42.6% from three-point territory, which I'm not sure that keeps up considering for his career, he's just above a league average at 35.6%. Um, but we're clearly seeing him do things we have not seen him do before. He's averaging a block a game. I'm not sure that that keeps up. So are you... Do you think this is a guy you're trying to acquire if you don't own him or just someone you're staying away from if you don't own him on your team?
0: So when you look at the rest of the year, his situation isn't going to change, right? There's not – Pacers aren't trying to make the playoffs. They're not going to make any weird moves. They're not going to move Oladipo. They they just got him. And he's been relatively healthy overall as a player. He's only 25 years old. And we've had a big enough sample size here over the last, you know, what, almost two full months where this is looking like who he is. Now, the, I think you, you hit on some really good points. The, the three point percentage maybe he is a little high, but let's say that drops down a little bit. Is that really killing his value? Because what you're, what you're really seeing from him isn't, you know, a, a you know five and four, so five rebounds, four assists type of guy, who occasionally you know throws up big numbers in those, uh, kind of a Nick Batum esque, rebounds and assists. But he's always been a pretty good steal guy, and he's always been a pretty good block guy for a guard. His percentages aren't like crazy high compared to his career averages. So what he, he makes a a three less per game, he's scoring twenty points instead or twenty one points instead of twenty four points. Uh, th- that's like your only downside. I I think this is still I think this is a buy high.
1: That's what I mean. It's gonna be hard, even if you know we see some regression in the numbers that we think are crazy. Um, it's gonna be hard to see him slip out of the top twenty five or thirty. And I still am not sure some people are valuing him there. Some people are trying to kind of sell low and get a a little bit lesser of a value for him. Um, and I think that this might be the perfect opportunity to snatch him up. I got a couple guys I'll ask you about. Sure. Um, say Jimmy Butler, would you rather have Victor Oladipo Ooh. or Jimmy Butler?
0: No, that's a tough one. Um, I'm going to go with Jimmy Butler, though. And that's, you know, you, you shot too close to my heart with Jimmy Butler. Uh, but here's why Jimmy Butler had a real slow start. And he's figuring out right now, you, you can see it. You can actually see if you watch some of those Minnesota games, you really, really see him putting it back together, figuring out how to play with his teammates. And uh, in, in Tibbs, you know, Tibbs' system is probably terribly crazy different than the one he, the Tibbs system that Jimmy used to play in. But uh, he's getting his game together, and he basically does a lot of the things that Victor Lepo is doing now. But if I had to put money on which player will finish higher in the overall rankings by the end of the year, I'd I put my money on Jimmy Butler. He's just about,
1: a constant All Star. How about Kyrie Irving?
0: Ooh, that's a that's a good one too. Um, also. So, uh, kind of a toss-up there. I think I would go with Kyrie because Kyrie can get real silly with it. And um, there is a potential that Oladipo does come back to Earth a little bit. Maybe instead of him being a top 10 player, top 15 player, he's a top 25 player, right? So he could come back to Earth, which is still why, you know, if you could sell him for Steph Curry or or, or Jimmy Butler, Kyrie Irving – then that's probably the right choice there, but you know I still think there's a chance Oladipo is pretty close to Kyrie Irving. But we've seen Kyrie we know who Kyrie Irving is. We've seen him do it over and over again, and um, I, you know I just rather have Kyrie Irving.
1: How about a player we perhaps wrote off too soon, Mr. Kyle Lowry?
0: Ooh, no, no, that's a good question. Um, we did, I think we poured one out for for Kyle Lowry. I don't think we gave up completely on Kyle Lowry. Um, this is a tough one because you know how Kyle Lowry likes to finish his years. He just likes to f- just drop right off the planet uh, during the second half of the season. And for that, just knowing how the, the trajectory, the normal trajectory of Kyle Lowry, uh, I'll go with Oladipo.
1: I will say this I'll go with Oladipo over those kind of point guards in that range. We're talking Kimball Walker, Kyle Lowry. Um, I, I think Oladipo's passed those guys in, in he just my book.
0: Doesn't, he does enough across the board, right? So, like, sure, Cameron uh, Walker's going to give you more assists or whatever, but he's, he's not going to give you a block. And and Depot's going to probably give you close to a block this season.
1: Yeah, and even if he averages half a block a game the rest of the way, and, and that, you know what I mean, there's not that many guards out there giving you even half a block a game.
0: Well like I said it's it's not terribly unheard of for Oladipo if you go look at oh, his he's stats or yeah, his
1: average point 8 I mean I'm not saying that he's not going to keep the block up but I am not saying even if it regresses to like half a block a game I mean guys like Kyle Lowry and Kemba Walker aren't giving you that even half a block a game That is true they're not even close All right I you know there's there's a guy I'd like to talk about I
0: have I have a few Players on my sleeve, Tyler.
1: All right, let's do it.
0: This one is an old favorite, an old old punching bag, who has um, definitely drastically overperformed this year as well. Um, LaMarcus Aldridge. Oh, uh, LaMarcus. Someone we were very out on, who has kind of turned back the clock a little bit, playing like his old self in Portland. Uh, looking a little bit more like the guy who figured out how to play in the Spurs system in his first year as well. Uh, He's kind of somewhere in between those two players right now. Kawhi is back. What does the rest of the season look like for LaMarcus Aldridge? Do you think he's going to stay up here in the rankings, or do you you think he's going to take a little bit of a turn or a hard fall into nowhere?
1: 40 to 50 player he's been about top 25 so far this year I'm, I'm saying he drops to top 40 between 40 somewhere between 40 and 50 wow that's that's kind of
0: in my opinion a little bit of a hard drop off
1: yeah i mean just i i don't know the spurs always get funky down the stretcher and and do some oddball things i mean they're going to sit him out random games and, and just do some tomfoolery. Plus, I I think Kawhi Leonard was really on pace to take a big step forward this year. Um, and he's already been great, obviously. But I think this is kind of the year where he came into his own. And I still think we might see that uh, once he gets back up to speed.
0: You know, a good point you make there is the, is the Popovich factor. With uh, Jimmy Butler, you got the Tibbs factor, right? Jimmy Butler is going to play... 37 minutes you know if there is a chance that jimmy butler can play 48 minutes jimmy butler will probably play 40 minutes like the, they went in an overtime game where everybody played a ridiculous amount of minutes it was absurd um there was just no need for these guys to uh there tips is gonna uh, severely i think severely hurt these guys careers playing this much i think they're fine this season right but it's killing him. But on the, on the flip side, Pop knows has been ahead of the game in, in playing time for much longer. And uh, Lamarcus definitely was carrying this team on the way in. Now he doesn't have to carry this team anymore. And all they got to do is prepare for the playoffs. So, yeah, I, I could see his playing time going down a little bit, his shooting going down. I just I don't think he's going to fall um, as far down as, uh, as I think you do. I, I do uh, I got still some think names he's, all... he's going to produce pretty well. He's going to shoot at the same percentage. Maybe he takes a few less shots. But uh, I think he, LaMarcus is playing his own game right now. Pop talked about that. I think we talked about that in an earlier episode. And
1: um, I think LaMarcus
0: is feeling himself this year, and I think he'll be fine.
1: I got some names I'll rattle off for you, and this is kind of why I think he, he falls a little bit more than even you think. Um, so we'll just look at some forwards uh, Aaron Gordon. Would you rather have a Marcus or Aaron Gordon? That is
0: a another guy I think we probably should talk about as well. Um, you know, who is this guy? Uh, is, is he for real?
1: Who is and, this man?
0: Uh, who is who is this man? Uh, another guy we were both definitely high on, and that that paid out as well. Um, let's just talk about Aaron Gordon then, and then we'll we'll compare the two. So like. Aaron Gordon's been playing out of his mind. This is something I think people who saw the potential in Aaron Gordon last year uh, felt that this he was capable of, and he didn't produce it last year. Um, now this year, different story. He's really he's put it together. He's shooting um, pretty well, probably better than he technically deserves to be shooting. Um, shooting around forty nine percent, which would be his um, career high but you know i think you know he's he's putting some things together it's not the craziest thing in the world he's hitting a lot more threes um, and they're playing him at the the four a lot more which is really the position he should be playing he's 22 years old so it's not crazy that he's taking a leap here but um I, i think aaron gordon you're probably seeing aaron gordon at his peak and i think you know, maybe he falls back into that 30 range. I don't think he takes a hard fall off because I think Aaron Gordon's got the talent to really, uh, really put it together. So if I got to compare him and LaMarcus Aldridge, I think they both take a step back. Um, Man, I think that, that's a really, really tough question. If I'm in a roto league, I, th- well, you know, even if I'm in a roto league, I think it's pretty questionable because Lamarcus Aldridge gives you great percentages, and um, I would probably take Lamarcus in a roto league and go with Aaron Gordon. In um, in a head-to-head league, I might actually I might take Lamarcus in both actually, but uh, I think it's kind of a toss-up. That's a really good here's um, why
1: comparison. I'm going for Aaron Gordon, no matter the league. Because okay. you, you hate LaMarcus Aldridge. No, no, no that's, that's not you a hater. Okay, LaMarcus Aldridge actively hurts you in three-pointers. Whereas Aaron Gordon, making over to a game, now he's shooting 40% too. And I don't know that he's even a league average three-point shooter. But I do think that he can still get you like one and a half per game just on the amount of attempts he's taking. And even that, is not actively hurting you like LaMarcus Aldridge's 0. 0.6 a game. So there's a negative. LaMarcus Aldridge's only half a steal a game where Aaron Gordon's going to get you like a full steal a game. So there's another category where he's kind of actively hurting you. And if LaMarcus Aldridge's points drop down to like somewhere between 19 and 20, 21, with Kawhi back, he's not really even that much better than Aaron Gordon in that category. So you're looking similar in points, similar in rebounds, similar in assists. Similar in blocks, similar in field goal percentage. Marcus Aldridge, the only category he's better than Aaron Gordon in is free throw percentage, I think, the rest of the way. And I think that Aaron Gordon's threes and steals are that much better that I'll take him.
0: Oh, that's a pretty good argument. I think if you care about your percentages, which uh, some people actually do, um, I, I don't trust Aaron Gordon's 49%. Just don't. Um if you care about percentages, I'd still go with LaMarcus. Like if I was in a roto league, probably still leaning LaMarcus. But you make a very good argument. Uh, Aaron Gordon, I think, is right there. And uh, I, might, I might take Aaron Gordon in, the, in a head-to-head league more. I don't think you can go wrong with either one is is kind of what I'm saying. Uh, but I, I, I'd lean a little bit LaMarcus if you care about your percentages.
1: So, I mean, and, and here's why I have LaMarcus just kind of drop into that. You know, forty fifty range. If you're gonna put guys like Al Horford, Marcus, Saul, uh, Chris Middleton, Clint Capella, all these guys over him, which it's not gonna take that big of a drop for these guys to pass him, then he's already kind of sliding right into that forty range. You got to think Rudy Gobert picks it up and goes around him. Uh, I'd rather have Miles Turner than Marcus Aldridge the rest of the wow. way. That's what wow. I mean. So that's where you, I
0: you are down. You are down on LaMarcus Aldridge.
1: I just think we've seen LaMarcus Aldridge and Kawhi Leonard play together, and it doesn't turn out super great for LaMarcus Aldridge.
0: I will agree with you that this has to be his peak. Has to be. Um, but two years ago when he did play with Kawhi, uh, his numbers he ended up being a, a top thirty player. He was eighteen and eight with a block, shot fifty one percent. So. He can. I think he can play with Kawhi and still be uh, effective. But he is not. He, this is 100% his ceiling, and I would 100% say sell high on him. But here's, I, here's I, the, I still think him and Kawhi can play together.
1: I, I don't know. I'm not saying that they can't play together. But in that season where you mentioned he was top 30, he made no three-pointers whatsoever when he shot 51%. True. So he's either going to make no three-pointers, and it's hard to own a power forward. If you were playing him as a forward, it's hard to own a forward who doesn't make any three-pointers. It's,
0: it's hard to own any player who doesn't make threes.
1: Yes, because there's just there's so much in abundance now. So he, if you take that stat line and put it into Day's numbers, that would not be top 30. That would be somewhere between 40 and 50, I bet. Just kind of where I think he ends up. Because he's kind of got to make a decision. Either he shoots three-pointers and his field goal percentage goes down because obviously three-pointers are a less efficient shot. Or he doesn't shoot any three-pointers and keeps his field goal percentage higher. Like he's not shooting 51% and shooting three-pointers. It's just not happening.
0: You make a fine argument, Tyler. I think you uh, are a little bit more down on the Marcus Aldridge than I am. And you have some good logic behind there. I, I still think Lamarcus has another year in him. He could he could revert to what he did two years ago instead of what he did last year. And uh we're gonna have to agree to disagree. But I I, I do think we do agree that this is definitely his ceiling.
1: This is the time to, to move up, move up and move out. Yeah, I
0: think. Uh, either way, Lamarcus is on the way down. How far down he goes
1: is is questionable, right? So the next man up. It is not the process himself, Joel Embiid.
0: Ooh. Now um, Joe
1: Joe has been great.
0: He has been great.
1: Twenty-two games played this season. Slowly that's in, a record. Nope, nope. He played thirty one last year. Slowly what? in his way toward that thirty-one he played last season. Um so I am going to recommend selling Joel Embiid right now. Wow.
0: Um, why, why is that? Why do you think?
1: Is it simply the injury? He's been great. Um, the only question I have about his numbers is what, what is Joel Embiid's actual three-point percentage? Like we've only still seen 53 games for his career and he's a thirty three point three percent three point shooter, which isn't great. So some people think like he's this seven footer who's, you know, a forty percent three point shooter. Like, oh, he's one of the best three point shooters. Like, I don't think that is the case.
0: No, he, he looks good shooting threes, and I think you really notice when he makes a three because he's Joel Embiid. Um, but he's he's not a great free throw shooter or, or um, excuse me, three point shooter. By any means.
1: But, I mean, all the other numbers are fantastic.
0: I will say I'm a little surprised his steals aren't better.
1: Yeah, I mean, that's, that's a good point. And he's playing 30 minutes per game, uh, which he only averaged 25 last year. And here's another thing I'll say about it. I don't think we really know what his numbers should look like yet. I mean, even if you look at his career for 53 games, like, that's not a full season. So I don't really know what his numbers should be. But I'm still super worried about the injuries. And you still see him. Oh, his back tightened up a little bit, and he misses a game or two. And I think this could slowly be coming the beginning of the end. Like, if he plays 50 games this year, I will still be surprised.
0: I believe you will eat someone's – one of our listeners' hats – You send the hat in, we will live tweet Tyler eating your hat if Joel Embiid plays more than 50
1: games. So I am recommending that you sell him for another top player at this moment. And which top player kind of depends on your needs. If you need another big-time rebounder, maybe you can sell him for Carl Anthony Towns. Or... Maybe Anthony Davis or DeMarcus Cousins. I mean, like, it all depends on what your league's market will bear. Joel Embiid is a fun player to own, so someone will be willing to buy Joel Embiid at a very, very high price, and I would be selling.
0: Yeah, I I really want to take the opposite side of this argument, but I don't think I can. Uh, Not for the reasons I think, like you said, we don't know who Joel Embiid is, is what you're saying. Um... I think we do know who Joel
1: Embiid is. We know he's we, great. kind of looking at him. We know and he's he's great. true. But we don't know what the numbers should look like. Like, is the – I mean, if you just look at his per 36-minute numbers, he averaged 11.1 rebounds per 36 last year, 13.1 this year. Like, which of those two numbers is really the case? You mentioned the steals. It was 1.2 steals per 36 minutes last year. This year it's only 0.8. Like which of those two numbers really should be the number? I don't think we know yet, because we just haven't seen a large enough sample size. We know the the totals and aggregate are going to be awesome. We're just not really sure what they should be.
0: Yeah,
1: um, um, I can't
0: disagree with you. It is it, he has a definitely a small career sample size, but I think his game overall, you 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 see it. This is what he's going to be. This is what he's going to do, but. I'm with you on the injury risk. What the best case scenario? The best case scenario in the Joel Embiid um, season. If you're and now, if you're in a keeper league, we're having a completely different discussion here. For all your redraft leagues, roto leagues, rest of the year leagues, well, I guess all the leagues are rest of the year leagues, aren't they? Um, you would hope. You would hope some of the leagues don't just stop. After I Christmas, play that that'd be weird. All-star
1: game only league, just
0: right to the all-star game, then it's over. I, I, I actually do play in an all-star league only game where we draft <laughs> the players in the all-star league, and then order a bunch of Chinese food. That's the and they get real drunk. It's one of the best nights of the year.
1: Here's a move I would make though, even in a dynasty league, if I could trade Joel Embiid for Carl Anthony Towns, I'd do it. I'm gonna go one step
0: further. If you can trade up. Like Carl Anthony Towns, DeMarcus Cousins. Yeah, of course do that. But I'm also thinking if you, like I said, best case scenario, Joel Embiid plays 65 games. Cool, great. Worst case scenario is that this back thing's a little bit more lag and needy and he plays maybe 15 more games, 10 more games. That's not the worst case scenario, but it's the more more likely worst case scenario. And you're kind of out the rest of the season. So you've you've gotten a good part of the season. Why not trade down? And that, that sounds a little weird, but go for a two for one. Get a Clint Capella, or even maybe even uh, look at a uh, Rudy Gobert, Andre Drummond, someone, someone of that. Get those rebounds back, right? Maybe even look at a Miles Turner. And get another player that can help you out. So go go for a two for one moving Joel Embiid where you're basically you're giving up the best player in the in the in the trade, but you're getting rid of all your injury risk.
1: And in a lot of leagues you find guys who are, you know, Joel Embiid crazy, just want a part of that fun Sixers team to watch that you can maybe sell Joel Embiid for an astronomically high price like a I don't know, Rudy Gobert and Jimmy Butler combination. Like I've seen crazier trades. I'm I would never make a trade like that as far as giving away two what could easily be top 20 players for another top 20 player, but those trades do happen. Maybe you can get a guy like Clint Capella and Jimmy Butler, right? Like, oh, I'm giving you you know, a step down to Jimmy Butler, but you got to throw in another top 50 player, and maybe you say Clint Capella because the person who owns Clint Capella is not a huge believer. I mean, those kind of trades happen. So ask for the shoot for the moon, yeah. settle for something less. Yeah, start start at the top start it with
0: your best trade work your way down to something that's a little bit more fair um, but now's the time to now's the time to move because if you do think Joel is an injury risk which he is and you do think something might happen in the near future um, you gotta you're gonna have to pull that trigger soon let's see let's let's do another player here. This is a, let's move a little bit further down that list. Let's go to someone we were wrong about. Maybe not wrong about. This is a long season. Wrong. Long season left. But uh, this guy's definitely overperforming, especially lately, which is really the antithesis of what we said was going to happen. So we, we've, been, we've been off here. Um, Drew Holiday on your New Orleans Pelicans – We basically said, "Hey, playing with Rondo isn't going to work. Playing with Rondo is going to suck the life out of Drew Holiday. He's not just. It's just not. It's just not going to play right. You know, it's Rondo loves to pound the ball. Rondo is Rondo, and Drew Holiday is having a pretty decent season. Uh, He, if you look at nine categories." Overall, he is it looks like he's the forty first player, but over the last uh, month or so, he's been in the top twenty, and that's including playing with Rajon Rondo, who has surprisingly played um, better than I expected as well.
1: Yeah, so he's got about half his numbers with Rondo and half without. Right? He, he's yeah. played twenty nine games. Rondo's played fifteen,
0: and the numbers so... with Rondo are are surprisingly better.
1: And a lot of it is fueled by some really hot shooting that I don't think, I mean, especially from the field shooting 48 and percent this year. He is a career 44% shooter over a long sample size um, over eight season sample size. So I'm not sure if Rondo and, you know, cousins and Davis are just getting him that much more open or if it's, we've just seen a extended run of hot shooting from Drew holiday. I tend to think maybe that is the case.
0: Or it's a, it's, it's a little bit of both. So I think when Rondo came back, he he slipped into uh, Jimmery Nelson's place, basically, and um, didn't really uh, completely overtake Drew Holiday's ability to play point guard. The assists are mm, pretty consistent. A, a li- you could make the argument that they're a little bit down since Rondo came back, but... Um, it's well, consistently a very, a down from, from his fans.
1: career, right? I mean, like... 5.6 is the lowest he's averaged since 2011-2012.
0: Yes. So that's that's 100% true. They're, they are lower for his career, for sure. But he's uh, he, he's doing everything else uh, and, and shooting well and doing everything else a lot better, which, I have, like you and, said, that, that worries me a little bit. If that shooting percentage ever drops back to his career average, what kind of player are we looking at?
1: I'll say this, too. How many games, and maybe you don't know really the answer to this, have that whole kind of expected big 4 played together right like now that rondo's come back anthony davis has missed the, a significant stretch here so they don't have too too many games where davis cousins rondo and holiday are all out there together yet and no. what i think we predicted and what i would still predict is that holiday will kind of become he'll be the third option as far as field goal attempts, but he'll be the fourth option as far as has the ball in their hand, right? Rondo is going to get the ball in his hands a ton because he loves to dribble it out. Anthony Davis is going to get more shots than Rondo. DeMarcus Cousins is going to get more shots than Drew Holiday. So all of these guys are going to take away from Drew Holiday. And for him to be averaging 14.7 field goal attempts for the season, I just don't see that number sticking around. I think he's probably going to be somewhere like 13, 13 and a half. And if we also say that he drops back to 44% shooting from the field, that's going to tank that points number pretty significantly.
0: He's really got nowhere to go, but down. And I think the trending lines down are a lot higher than uh, some of the guys we've talked about a lot, a lot higher than Lamarcus market a lot higher than uh, Aaron Gordon. Um, yeah. Yeah. There's nowhere for Drew Holiday to go but down. And I would probably sell high on him. I think he could easily drop out of the top 50 by the end of the year, even though right now he's playing, you know, like a top 20 level, right? Now's the time to move him. It's probably as hot as he's going to be is right now. And especially playing with Rondo, that looks good for you, being an owner of Drew Holiday. But by the end of the year, uh, I I do think – Everything usually reverts to the mean, and uh, Drew Holiday will, and he'll probably fall out of the
1: top 50. So I'd like to talk about a player that I think perhaps we all, as a fantasy community, took a whiff on this year, and it was Mr. C.J. McCollum. Oh. Now, we saw an amazing season for McCollum last year, right, where he shot 48%. And he had not sniffed a percentage that high for his career. Okay, he shot 42% from three, which was right about his career average. And he's actually shooting 44% this year, which is obviously significantly better. And everybody had McCollum right probably in that second, third round. And he's barely clinging to the top 50 so far this year. And I kind of think that this is more what we should have expected that we maybe missed the bus. On CJ McCollum being drafted too high. Well, I, I think let me let me rephrase it. Actually,
0: he was drafted too high because his value is no longer the same value as it was last year. And le- let me explain that. Look at what he's doing this year compared to compared to last year. Scoring just a little less, shooting, hitting the same amount of threes, uh, about this, a little bit more rebounds. Uh, about a full less assist, so that's that, that kind of hurts him there. But same steals, shooting a worse field goal percentage, but not like crazily worse. Still hitting his free throws, still around two turnovers a game. He's pretty much the same player who's shooting a worse field goal percentage. Uh, instead of shooting 48%, he's shooting um, for around almost 45.5. Okay. Um, but what what makes CJ McCollum valuable? Last year it was it's it's the scoring, the three pointers, and then everything else he does really you know he he's not bad at anything. Well, this year, scoring and three pointers are up. He's the crap version of Clay Thompson. He's like a he's like a half version of Clay Thompson. He's not, the, he's not the total crap version of Clay Thompson. Like Jordan Clarkson is the crap version of Clay Thompson.
1: Now Jordan Clarkson can't make a three pointer. Michael, don't believe it. Yeah, all right. Well, um, I digress.
0: CJ McCollum just isn't as valuable as he was last year because the league is looking a lot more like CJ
1: McCollum. Yeah, and and that's an important trend to follow. Right is. This is a guy I would sell, especially if you can get anywhere near what the value you drafted him as. Right, like if you could get—I don't know—John Wall and maybe even a guy like Gary Harris. Who would you rather have the rest of the year Gary Harris or CJ McCollum?
0: Ooh. Uh, you know how I feel about Gary Harris. I—I'd probably go Gary Harris.
1: That's what I mean. Like, I think that the league is kind of passing CJ McCollum by and I don't see him. I mean, he's playing 36 minutes a night. I don't know that we see this get any better for CJ McCollum.
0: Yeah. And the, and those, those kind of warning signs were there, right? He played 35 minutes last year. He shot a high percentage uh, above his career average. And this year, a little bit of a revert to the mean he's still he's still a very good fancy player he had a bad i think he's had a bad couple weeks uh, over the last month or so but his skill set isn't special anymore and that is with his name recognition still being uh pretty high before people kind of reevaluate his rankings it's probably a good time to sell because This is probably as good as he gets. This is probably his season. You're looking at it right here. He might shoot a little bit better here, but this is probably where he ends up. I don't think he's going to significantly drop, but he's not going to get better.
1: I'll buy. Your statement, not him.
0: Yeah, I was going to say, you might want to clarify that one. Um, I have another player that we were... You know, you got to do both. The ones we were right were ones we were wrong about. Um, and this one is going to go right directly to. Uh, this one's going to hurt. This one's going to hurt, Tyler. It's going to hurt you. I'm going to talk about Ricky Rubio. Ricky Rubio is having. Oh, he's, he's on my list.
1: list. He's on my list.
0: Well, he's off the list because. He
1: is having a horrible season. But do you remember what happened last season about this time, Michael? Um, no, I, I do not remember. I did not have so, Ricky Rubio on my team last season. And I've he, drank a lot in the last 12 months. Now, the, the concerning thing for Ricky Rubio is the minutes, right? I mean, the minutes have been not where you want them to be. And I mean, you can say that Donovan Mitchell's kind of taken over and, and all that. And I mean, we can talk a little bit about that in a minute. Um, he's only playing 28.8 minutes a game, which is not great. If you look back to last year, um, at about this time, Ricky Rubio's numbers were pretty bad. I mean, if you look at the averages for the first three months, I'll just read the points, rebounds, and assists because you kind of get what I'm, what I'm talking about. Um, so, first three months, he averaged four point five points, two point five rebounds, and six and a half assists in thirty minutes a game in October. In November it was seven points, three point eight rebounds, six point four assists, and in October, or in December it was seven point nine points, four point six rebounds, and eight point one assists. So the numbers get significantly better from that point forward, including, you know, ten. 10 points a game, 11.8, 17.8, 14, 3.6, 3.3, 4.5, 5 as far as rebounds go, and assists 9.7, 10.4, 10.4, 10.3. Yeah. He is traditionally a very slow starter. A lot of people drop Ricky Rubio at about this time every year, and Ricky Rubio turns it on and is still really, really good. Now, obviously, he's playing like two less minutes a game this year. Okay. I mean that's that is a thing. What's killing you is he's only averaging five assists a game. All his other numbers are still pretty good. I mean he's averaging literally a career high in points and career high in three pointers made. That's true. Now, he's still shooting, shooting under forty percent. What did we expect him to shoot a good percentage? I mean he I shouldn't I, have. I, I mean I I think we were both saying in the preseason that he'll probably shoot somewhere between thirty nine and, and forty one. Well. He's at the low end of that right now, but I would not be surprised to see him pick it up a little bit and end the season 39 and a half or 40. It's still not great. It's not good. Don't get me wrong, but it's an improvement. Um, I think we see him start dishing some more assists because he is traditionally a very high assist player. And, I mean, I, I talked about per 36 numbers a little bit ago. The lowest for his career – as a rookie is eight point six per thirty six minutes. This year he's averaging six point one through twenty seven games. I, I just don't think we see those per thirty-six numbers change that drastically that often. And so I think more assists are coming. I think a really good Ricky Rubio is coming. Still. I'm still buying. Well there's there's a few things that worry me about
0: that situation. Now I I have to admit this has to be this has to be Rock bottom for Ricky Rubio's value, um, so it's a good time to buy. Either way, if you can get him for hardly anything, you well, you make a thing. great you make a great point that he he did turn it on in the second half of, of last season. It no, wasn't even
1: really the second half; it was just when the new year hit, he kind of was just like, "Oh wait, I'm good at basketball."
0: True. What I'm worried about though is. He is not in Tibbs' system, so he's not going to be playing Tibbs' minutes. Um, And also, the Utah system, uh, originally, a lot lot of it was designed around Gordon Hayward. And uh, there's a lot of ball moving in there. It's not just a point guard-centric offense. And I, I worry about those assists approaching, you know, getting over eight by the end of the
1: season. But here's the place where I think most people are missing the boat, okay? Uh, per game, what does Ricky Rubio rank so far this season?
0: Uh, according to the statistics that I am looking at, according to nine cats across the board, he is 120th for okay. the season. If,
1: if you get rid of the turnovers, what does he ranked? Oh, my God. You're going to make me do, you're gonna make and me here's, do the math? And mm-hmm. here's the reason, right? Like, all point guards get a lot of turnovers. Like, yeah. it, it, So, I mean, for a point guard, it's it's hard to evaluate with the turnovers in, especially when... He's 76
0: I mean, without turnovers.
1: Would you have guessed that? Like, I think most people think, like, oh, Rubio's been trash, man. He's been terrible. And he's still 76. So, why, was, why was everyone Italian? I don't know, man. That was just a cool voice I tried pulling I out why? there for you. Um, yeah. So I'm maybe not saying that it's eight either, but I'm saying that it's probably six, six and a half. Doesn't that put him like pretty close to the top 50?
0: Hmm. Yeah. I mean, if you get back up to eight, right. Get a, get another rebound, uh, get, get, get closer to eight. I don't know if that rebound is ever going to come because he's playing with Rudy Gobert and a lot of other good uh, rebounders, but if you can get back up to eight assists,
1: I'm not even saying eight. I'm saying six and a half. He can get up to six and a half assists a game. He probably gets close to the top 50 then. And that's, I don't think. Better than Derrick
0: Austin, sadly.
1: I mean, I think you can buy this guy on the super cheap. Oh, yeah. He's worth nothing right now. Absolutely nothing.
0: And as uh, someone who was probably a bit overhyped, apparently, overhyped, going into the season, um, the owner Ricky Rubio is probably real pissed at him because I know I am in, in one of my leagues. So, you know, this is a great by-low. For the rest of the season, he has to go up. How far – what do you think his ceiling is, though, for the rest of the year?
1: Well, I mean, on this team, right, like, I mean, I don't think the 8 to 10 assists are coming back, right? Like, he had a season where he's averaged – I mean, last year we averaged 9.1. That's not coming back. Now, that's part of his ceiling, I guess, in the sense that you could say, well, I mean, he did it once before, right? Um, If he could average 9.1 assists, he's like a top 30 player with 12 points. a game, which is basically what he's averaging. Now, what is his ceiling in this situation? I would get probably a top 40 player. Probably get like 7 assists, 12 points, 3.5 rebounds. Get it closer to 2 steals a game. That's probably a top 40-ish player.
0: All right, that I mean, and that's a hell of a buy if you can get them for essentially a streaming pickup off the waiver wire or someone who's a little bit better than that. That's a really good buy for Ricky Rubio. Yeah, no doubt. All right, do you got do you
1: got one more? I've got a ton more, and I let's, would let's like... uh, let's
0: do. Do you want to do a lightning round or do you want to go in depth on, on a couple I, I, more?
1: I want to do. I want to kind of get to some guys that I'm buying on the super cheap. All right. right. Now, Ricky Rubio kicked off that list, but uh, we we talked about him, so I will go into some of the other men. Um, The first guy, and and you can pick any of these you want to talk more about Torian Prince, a still hated player, man. This guy's been top 80 for the season. I think things only get better for Mr. Prince, and I seriously think you can buy him. It's in some team leagues, he's on the waiver wire. I've seen 10-team league waiver wires where Torian Prince is on it. I don't understand.
0: What, I mean, what's his ceiling?
1: No. You know, he's not a top 50 player, I don't think. Well, I mean, he's only averaging 31.1 minutes a game. I think as the season goes on, they have no reason why to give him any less minutes. I think his ceiling is probably a top 60 player. I mean, I think he can get a little bit better. I think he can shoot a little bit better than he's been, especially from the free throw line. Um, so I think he can move up a little bit. His steal number could go up. He's supposed to be a, a real good defensive stats guy. He's only averaging 1.1 1. 1 steals, and I think we can see a little bit more. So, I mean, he's top 80 right now. If he can get to the top 60, that's that's pretty good. I would say that it's most likely he stays about where he is, but I think there's a little bit more ceiling up there, and if you're buying him for a player, I mean, like this is a guy who should be started in most leagues.
0: Yeah, I'm not. Um, I'm not going to go out on a limb and say you know he's going to be uh, an all star by any means, but uh, I don't know why Terian Prince is is not owned in in all standard leagues. The hate has gone. If you don't, if you listen, if you're not a fan of uh, his percentages, I get it. He does not shoot enough free throws for it to, you know, completely hurt you if you got some good free throw shooters on your team. If you care about the percentages, right? Um,
1: but overall, he's a great nine cap player. I am with you one hundred percent. All right, keep them coming. All right, so the next man on the list, and this one is a—that's a lukewarm take, I guess. Okay, a guy I'm buying, who's got to be—I mean, I've—I've I've heard some people say they're dropping this man. It's Avery Bradley. This guy would like a little bit in the preseason. I think we all thought the rebounds were going to go away a little bit in Detroit. We were on—we were, we were on on that. that.
0: You're correct on that.
1: Um, he's like outside the top 100 right now. If I could buy him at that value, I think I'm going to buy. I think we've seen him be a better player than that. I think that there's just a little more ceiling here. And so that's a guy I would definitely buy on um, without thinking too much about it. Um,
0: I can't say that I'm going to buy on him other than, oof, I mean, other than if you're giving up nothing. I don't think he's coming back. And uh, I, think I, I, I just don't. He, he's not shooting great. His shooting percentage will probably go up a little bit. But um, those rebounds are never coming back. And just – he's not going to play any more minutes than he is playing right now. I Another kind of case where, you know, the league's passing him by as well. Just uh, – yeah, I'm – I'm not a fan, and I, I don't know if he ever reaches standard league value, but he has the potential to be standard league value, so it's worth giving up nothing for him.
1: That's what I mean. This is kind of where we're at, right? We're buying these guys for absolute pennies. If you can buy these guys for one of the two or three worst players on your team, I'm doing it, and that's, I think, kind of where we're at. So I, I've got kind of a list of names now um, who – maybe today isn't the second you buy them. But I'm saying once the calendar takes over to the new year and some of these teams start going, yeah, we're out of it. We, we don't care. Or maybe just, yeah, we're done playing insert name of guy who's just a crappy role player, right? Like he can do a job, but he's not really helping us. You've got some upside. Let's see what you can do. That's what I'd call these guys, right? some guys who will get more minutes as the season progresses. Um, So if you're in a deeper league, now would probably be the time you'd want to buy them. In a standard league, you might want to wait till, like, the new year, maybe a couple weeks after that, and then buy them. And just slowly watch their minutes tick up and their production follow. Are you ready for this? Yeah, let's hear them. These are are great um,
0: rest-of-the-year candidates for – Sneaking into that standard league value that we've been talking about.
1: Um, So first guy on my list, Jonathan Isaac. I have just loved what I've seen from this guy. I don't think he's going to score you a ton of points, but he could be helpful. He's already averaging in 20 minutes a game, 1.2 blocks a game, and 0.7 steals. So you talk about this guy getting like 25 minutes a night even. He's valuable in both the steals and the blocks category. He gets you a little bit from threes, not a ton, but, I mean, he's get, making a half a game in 19 minutes. 4.4 uh, rebounds, so the rebounds could turn into, like, six, six and a half, seven. And we talk about a guy who's just, like, getting pretty darn good across the board in, like, 25, 30 minutes a game. I think the minutes are only going to go up. I'm still not sure what to think about this Magic team, but I don't think they're going to compete for any championship. And so why not give Isaac the minutes during the second half of the season? He has got the tool set. Um, you just gotta like you're banking on
0: the minutes that come at the end of the year. And uh, as raw as he is, I'm not. I'm not sure how many of those minutes come. Look at some of the guys you got Aaron, you now. Aaron Gordon in his way.
1: I mean, they got they got Gordon and they got Vucevic, who they're going to keep playing. But look at some of those guys, other guys they're playing. Like, I mean. Are you are you really that big on thirty-three minutes of Wesley Alundu or thirty-five minutes of Hazonia they played in the last few games? No, I've got they got some injuries, right? Gordon was out. But well they're playing guys like Maury Spates thirteen minutes. Like
0: Whoa well, whoa well, don't, don't I wouldn't talk shit about Mo Spates, man. If he's listening to this podcast, I do listen, I don't even Mo, I don't even know Tyler, man. Like he's that's all him.
1: I don't know I know it's nothing against Maurice Bates, but once the Magic are are out of it or realizing you know what I mean we're not competing for this why give a 40 year old most baits minutes why not trade him why not get get give us if I can get a second round pick for most baits and I'm the Magic I'm doing it
0: Well yeah of course but uh I don't I don't even think you're going to be able to get that I'm just saying Isaac needs the playing time in order to be productive but his 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 nine cat ceiling with those with those per 36 minutes he's got the tool set right and I, and I think you're right. I think you're right about that. Who, who else do you got?
1: Um, so the Kings are eventually going to go away from playing some of these veterans. And, <laughs> you um, hope. and I, they did it last year. And at some point, Jaeger is going to get told, stop being yourself and do what we say. Or he's going to get fired, I think. So either way, it's going to happen, right? Push is going to come to shove. And, I'm going to still stick with this Bogdan Bogdanovich. I still think he's the best player on that team, not named George Hill or Zach Randolph. That today he is the best. Uh, he's the third best player on that team.
0: I don't know. I, I don't know if I can get behind the other Bogdan. Um, I haven't seen a lot from him that I terribly like.
1: You don't like 1.2 steals in 24 minutes? I mean, it's good. That, it's good. that alone right there is sexy. He's averaging almost 10 points. Um, We've seen games where he's gotten in the 30s and been productive. Um, I think that he's going to turn it on. I don't know that he's going to be a top even 80 player, but I could see this guy kind of sneaking in the top 100 for the last couple months when he's getting a consistent 30 minutes a night. Um, you got to hope that they give it to him. And all these are somewhat of gambles, right? Like, I mean, sure. they're not getting those minutes now, so maybe they never do. But I'm I'm banking that, they see what I see eventually.
0: At thirty, at thirty-two minutes a night, I think I'd rather have Scalabossier than Bogdan. Bogdan that Lynch.
1: one I don't see happening, and we could talk about that if you want. But
0: I think no, we he's... don't have to talk about that if, if you don't see it happening. You know the Kings more way more than I do. Uh, if, if in a vacuum, though, if they both had thirty-two minutes a game, I'm taking Scal. I just I, I like Scals across the across the board uh,
1: nine cat potential, and he is a. Here's the the bad part about it, right? I saw Scal as kind of a blossoming stretch forward at yeah. the end of last season. Like, he looked good. Sure, he made some dumb plays, but, I mean, what rookie doesn't, right? Like, no, not – unless your name's LeBron James or, like, someone who's going to turn into an absolute superstar. Like, as a rookie, you make some dumb plays, right? And you do some silly things. and And he's a real young guy still. But I don't understand the whole, like, starting him and giving him seven minutes, like – it just doesn't make any sense to me.
0: No, I mean, I wish they would because, like, what do they got to lose? And I really want to see uh, what Skal can bring to the table, but uh, the potential of that happening seems low.
1: So, uh, here's another guy, and then I think we talked about him a little bit in the preseason as a guy maybe you take a flyer on. It's New York Knicks rookie Frank Nelikina. Now, now, this now one, you're
0: talking. Now you're talking up my alley.
1: This one is already – he's already streamable in a standing league, even playing 20 minutes a game for his one and a half steals a night. Right? So if you see this guy tick up to 30 toward the end of the year, like, I mean, that could be easily like two steals a game. And that alone makes you ownable. Yeah, i I, I mean, here's the thing
0: about Frank, though. I really like what I see when I watch him play basketball. Uh, so the opportunity there already. And he, he just looks like he's making the correct decisions. Um, a couple times I was watching the game against the Nets tonight, and a couple times I forgot it was him. I was like, who's that guy? He looked that's a really good use of the pick and roll there. And they're like, oh, great screen there, use of the screen by pick, uh, Frank. And I'm like, well, that was, that was, that was Frank. Seriously, he just—he looks like he's got some NBA professional basketball in him, where he could be pretty good. And um, like you're saying, like down the stretch, I don't know why he wouldn't be playing a lot more minutes and getting a lot more, a uh, lot, lot better feel for the game. And assists and steals are hard to come by. I'm with you. I like—I like him being a standard League relevant player by the end of the year.
1: Yeah, so, and that's kind of what we're shooting for, right? Like, I'm not saying buy this guy tomorrow. I'm saying by the end of the year, right, in a couple yeah. months, this is going to be a dude you're going to want to own. And if you can acquire him today in a deeper league for absolute nothing, I don't know, name a guy. Aaron Baines, right? Like, is Baines ever going to get more than, like, 20 minutes a night? Unless there's a big injury? Like, probably not. So, I mean, sometimes you got to buy with the future in mind, I guess, is my point. Um, all right, I got a couple more here, and I, I'm just interested in this guy a little bit, and I want to ask you about what you think here. So, what do you think the Suns do going down the stretch? Are they going to play Chris and Bender together? I think obviously they're going to try to trade Monroe, and they're going to probably try to trade Tyson Chandler too. Are they going to commit to a Chris and Bender front court, or do you think they're going to prioritize one of those two over the other one?
0: Oh that's
1: that's a really tough
0: question and and this is why. What has Bender done that makes you think that he's a player like an NBA player for the future?
1: And this is the thing, right? I'll I'll hear a lot of people say like ooh, I, I like Dragon Bender for the future so much better over Marquise Chris. And like, okay, Dragon Bender can like make a pass better than Marquise Chris. But I just think that Marquise Chris looks good if he could just keep from fouling. Like, well, And that's kind of where I was going to go is like
0: when he plays extended minutes, especially when he's not fouling out, but when he plays extended minutes, Marquise Chris does some really good things on the court, consistently scoring, hitting threes, getting good rebounds, getting blocks. I mean, we and we've seen him do it.
1: I haven't seen Dragon Bender really do anything. He is a better passer. That's the only thing I can say. Sure. He, he, about him than Marquis Chris is that he's a better passer.
0: And they're probably going to give him an opportunity because they, you know, they drafted him and all that, but I'm sorry. I just, I, I really haven't seen much to be excited about when it comes to Dragon Bender. Like the guy is apparently enormous and doesn't rebound. Um,
1: he, he always I'm strikes not sure me. He's
0: never going to get a steal. His blocks are not that, that
1: impressive. Even though, I know he's not playing a lot of minutes, right? But it's nothing he's done has impressed me. He always strikes me as like very soft for a man as big as he is. Like he wants to be a guard, but he's like seven feet tall. He certainly isn't banging with anybody.
0: I'm not sure if he can. He does kind of uh, almost like a stretch five, where but stretch the stretch fives of today they go down there and they they bang with people car Anthony Towns can get in the post Joel B can get in the post and, and Dragon Bender can't and you would just assume by this time in his career he'd be playing a lot more if he if he had it and I, I just don't think he does so I, I'd much rather much more interested in Chris who I think will play uh hopefully for the, the second half of
1: the season and that's where I'm at too right I I had both guys down on my list just in the sense that if they commit to both of them playing 30 minutes, I mean, maybe we see something crazy from Dragon Bender. Obviously, I, I'm with you. I would like Chris a ton more. And, and I even mentioned in the preseason that I like Chris's game for minutes. And obviously, he hasn't yet. But I just don't know what to make of Dragon Bender, really. I, I really don't. I haven't seen anything that's striking me as like, man, if this guy got 30 minutes, I'd be jumping out of my chair.
0: Yeah, I I haven't either.
1: You, you got any more, Tyler? Um, Michael, you know I've always got Probably more. We got a, a thousand more. <laughs> I've just been crossing names off a list like all week long, going, "Uh, not you, not you, That's not good. you, not you." I I want to know if you have any though first, and then maybe. I'll give my last my last maybe few.
0: Um, I got a few that I'm um I'm I'm kind of out on guys. I'm out on like. I think they will kind of fall off in the second half. Uh, Tyreek Evans. I like what he's done this year, but uh, we all know Tyreek Evans
1: is uh, – High potential of him breaking, right? Like just well, not yeah. being able to understand the minute Injuries. But... Uh, and I, I just
0: don't think there's anywhere else to go but down. Evan Fournier has had an incredible start this season. This is, it's not sustainable. We've said it numerous times. It's not sustainable. It's not sustainable. It's not going to work. A couple guys that I I I would like to say don't worry about, like Ben Simmons. I think you're looking exactly at who Ben Simmons is. This is what he's going to be. There might be some rookie ups and downs, but uh, Ben Simmons is is where he's going to be. And um, where's another guy I had? Um, Eric Bledsoe. I think what he's doing in Milwaukee
1: is for real. Oh, I'm with you there, and I, I hear some some Eric Blitzo hate, and well, he's gonna he's gonna break, whatever. Like you know bro, the hell he is he on Eric Blitzo? he got shut down last year. <laughs> last he was like he was injured. You know what I mean? It was yeah. like, um. All right, so a couple other guys, DeAndre Bembry, only playing 18 minutes a game. Hawks have no reason to play guys like Ersan Ilyasova down the stretch. Um, in 18 minutes a game, he's averaging 0.8 steals and half a block. You'd like to see some more threes out of the guy. But if they're going to play this guy 30 minutes a game, now the percentages are going to probably be very poor. But he could kind of get you across the board line that you're going like, I could deal with that in a standard league. That's Especially in those defensive stats, you know what I mean? Like you double those minutes, which he's probably not going to play 36, but that would be a huge steal and block combo from a, a small forward shooting guard type. I like that. Um you mentioned Scalabisier. I don't think it's gonna happen, but obviously Scal's got a very fantasy friendly game. Um OG and Anobi. Now it's gonna be hard for him to get minutes on Toronto because they're probably going to be competing. But I've seen some things I really like from OG and Anobi. And maybe this is more of a dynasty league target because like I said, they're probably not gonna fall out of it, so they're not gonna be super into giving OG a ton of minutes. But um OG could be good. Steals guy, a uh, little bit of three pointers. Some decent rebounds, some decent points if he was given a larger role. So that's kind of a guy that I just – I like what I've seen so far. I wish, I wish they would call him Og.
0: Og Ananobi. <laughs> cool,
1: why, cool name. why Og over OG? Because I kind of like OG much better than Og.
0: Because it's, cause it sounds stupider. <laughs> Og Ananobi. <laughs> oh, I
1: mean,
0: Lord. You're right. OG does sound way cooler he can be the OG and that, that, that nickname just lends to itself. Um, yeah. I'm, I'm actually kind of interested in, in what kind of player this guy is going to be. I know he's been getting like the the pseudo start and occasionally playing some heavier minutes and is very raw and has a long way to go, but um, he's definitely in just a uh, short sample size, kind of piqued my interest in someone I'm, I'm keeping an eye on.
1: Uh, another rookie Bam out of bio. If this is on Whiteside thing, turns out to be persistent and they kind of just say, okay, Hassan, you're you're done for the year. You need a surgery, whatever. Um, if they fall out of it. Down the stretch, if they commit to playing bam, big minutes, bam could be another guy. Sexy defensive stats, sexy both percentages, like 74% from the free throw line is, is pretty decent. I'll be shooting 63% from the field, which maybe if he gets a few more shot attempts that doesn't hold, but he should be over fifty um, so good rebounds and defensive stats with percentages. Uh, that seems like a guy who could be kind of sexy going down the stretch. And uh, that's about all I got. All
0: right. Yeah, I think. I mean, that's a very we we put together a very good sample size here. Um, some of the the big guy, the big names that we uh, either like or don't, and uh, especially this uh, for the people in deeper leagues or people kind of looking to get out of that gutter. Um, a really good repertoire of players who will probably come on in the second half de- half depending on you know playing time and circumstance but uh guys that you definitely really anyone should be keeping an eye on uh Tyler you got anything to plug
1: uh no at the moment not really uh that we should have the article back the the streaming article the schedule primer. Uh, I had to take last week off because I got some crazy illness and I don't think I got out of my bed for like three and a half days. Oh, that's It's been going around, everybody. Make sure you uh,
0: take your flu shots or, you know, or just don't get sick or don't hang out with Tyler in person because he was, well, I guess he's not sick now. So you can, you can hang out with Tyler in person now.
1: You should not hang out with me last week because what you saying. Don't go back
0: in time and hang out with Tyler last <laughs> week. That's a huge waste of the time machine. <laughs> don't don't make that your choice. That's dumb.
1: I don't know that you'd make that your choice, period.
0: <laughs> it's, the, it's the worst, probably like top 10 worst ways to use your time machine. Um, so don't do that. But do check out hashtag basketball.com where you can find Tyler's weekly um, kind of just week prep for head-to-head and, and, and streaming and If you especially have a weekly set uh, league that you're in, it's a great resource. Um, It's a good resource throughout the week, really, when you're trying to stream and trying to figure out what you want to do to maximize your games, maximize uh, the talent that's out there on your waiver wire. So go check that out. And you can tweet at Tyler at Watsi4444 or me at WatchTheBoxes. And feel free to tweet at us, with feedback on the show questions you might have about your team things you want us to cover on the show maybe you want to hear more roto stuff maybe you want to hear more keeper dynasty news Uh, we'll, we'll try to add content depending on what the audience wants so reach out to us let us know what you like and if you like the show please rate and review us online that really helps whether it's on itunes or whatever you download this podcast on Tell someone about the show. Tell people in the league about your show. Anything you do to get the word out about the show really helps us. We really appreciate it. And go to Draft.com and use the promo code BOXES. And start You know, start doing some old-fashioned gambling.
1: Don't forget to challenge me. I'll, I'll take on any comers. I am ready.
0: Yeah, if you if you use that promo code BOXES, take a little screenshot of that. Send it to either one of us. We will uh, bet money against you. that You can win our money. And if you do, you will not hear the end of it on the show because i will I'll, i'll be mad about it and i'll complain about it a lot so that'll probably be entertaining at least for an episode
1: one episode i mean for weeks yeah it's yeah it definitely won't end
0: uh but yeah tweet at us use that promo code boxes we'd really appreciate it tyler anything else oh that's it man all right i think that's it thanks everybody for joining us and we'll see you soon